Hello and welcome to the Noob Investing Podcast, Episode 4, Bond versus Stock Investing. I'm your host, Jaron, and today I'm going to talk to you about all the things I've learned regarding the super exciting world of bond investing. And just as promised, in the previous episode, I did try my best to make it a bit more interesting this time and try to be as objective as possible when analyzing and researching bonds. But my word, are these things not only boring, but have very low upside. In any case, before we really get started, just to re- reiterate to everyone, I am not a financial advisor at all. Nothing I say on this podcast should be taken as financial advice. I am a noob investor, as the title of this podcast indicates. And just as advertised, I am very much a noob. So the last person you should ever want to take actual financial advice from is me. The goal of this podcast has, is, and will always be to provide hopefully useful information that I learned regarding investing and the different methods and schools of thought of it that are available in a manner that is hopefully pleasing to the human ear. In doing so, my hope is that I get you, my listeners, whether you are already investing or thinking about starting to invest, to have as much information as possible so you can make the best decisions about investing and finances for your personal situation. So with that much-needed PSA out of the way, let's really get started with analyzing bonds. Now, don't get me wrong. While I may not like bonds all that much, I can see how they might be useful for some people. And they do have their upsides. It's just as someone in my late 20s who is currently in the wealth-accumulating phase of my life, bonds to me seem like a bad but safer option to maintain wealth rather than, say, investing in dividend stocks that also pay you to hold them. But let's dive in to see what exactly I mean. So, for today's episode, I plan on explaining the following. What a bond is. What kind of bonds are there? How can you evaluate if a bond is a good investment or not for you? Why would you consider investing in bonds? And who is this for? And I'll also be comparing bonds versus stocks, the risks versus the rewards. And lastly, I'll give you my overall more nuanced take on bond investing. So that's what I plan on doing this episode. So let's get started. What is a bond? Well, basically, it's just a fancy and more official IOU between a lender and a borrower. And it will include all the details from both the loan and the interest payments. It is used by both companies like Microsoft and Apple or various governments to raise money to fund projects. In exchange for you providing them with that loan, they provide you with a bond which includes all the relevant information uh, regarding that loan and the payment of that loan. Put simply, since the bond represents a loan and it will include information such as the exact terms of the loan, when the payment of the original loan is due, which is referred to as the maturity date, and how much will it pay in interest. How much a bond is worth, which is referred to as the par value of the bond, so it's just what the number is on the face of the bond, It will also include information regarding when interest payments or coupons will be paid. This is, of course, important for any investor because why would you give out money if you don't earn interest on it? So just to recap, bonds will indicate the information regarding the loans, such as who is the issuer, whether it be Microsoft or, for example, the U.S. government. It will also include the par value of the bond, so the sort of face value, whether it's $100 or $1,000 slash euros, the interest rate and when it's due, and the maturity date of the bond, whether it sort of expires in five years or 10 years or whatever. So let's dive into each bit more in detail, because while it seems simple enough, right, you 
buy a bond and the money you pay for it goes to the entity issuing the bond to finance some project. And in return, you get some interest on your loan for a period of time and eventually, at the end of the bond duration, they pay you back the original sum. However, not entirely that easy. The face or par value of a bond can differ a bit from what you actually sell it for because like stocks, bonds can also be traded, at least usually. So a bond, depending on what its interest rate is, who the issuer is and how long before the face value is paid out or the bond matures, as it were, may vary quite a bit in terms of actual price that someone is willing to pay for, to trade for that bond. So while the face value might say the bond is worth a hundred or a thousand dollars or euros, when you actually go to buy it, you might pay more or less than that value, depending on what the market feels the bond is worth at that given moment. For example, if you have a bond from a riskier issuer that pays 5% interest rate for five years, that is going to be worth less than a bond from the US government, which is seen as a generally safer issuer with a better credit score that pays the same interest rate for the exact time period. And of course, the interest rate and the time period also matter a lot for the price of the bond. But in any case, that's what a bond is. Essentially just a fancy IU from a company or business that promises to pay you an interest and the original value in order to finance a project. And it's up to you to decide whether or not you're willing to give them the money to do that. So now that we know what bonds are, let's discuss what kind of bonds are there. To my knowledge, I know that there are corporate bonds, government bonds, and municipal bonds. Corporate bonds are exactly what they sound like. Bonds issued by corporations like Microsoft or Apple and Just Eat Takeaway to finance company growth and other projects. These bonds tend to be a bit riskier, say, than government or municipal bonds because usually governments and stuff like that tend to be a bit more stable than some companies, at least depending on the company and depending on the government, of course. You know, the bonds from a company like Microsoft are probably a bit more stable than, say, from our country currently going through, I don't know, a civil war. So the notion of governments or municipalities being generally more stable should really be taken on a case-by-case -case basis. So it's important to note that since usually corporate bonds tend to be perceived as riskier, they also usually have a higher interest rate or coupon than a government bond, which is thought as a very safe investment. Now, along with corporate and government bonds, we also have municipal bonds or munis, as they are referred to. Munis come in both taxable and tax-free forms, but I think the majority of people who invest munis mainly do it because the fixed income you get is tax-free. But that's just my assumption, at least on what reasoning you have for investing in munis. So to sum up and overgeneralize a little bit and keep it simple, corporate bonds generally have higher interest rate, but are riskier. Government bonds are safer, but have lower returns. And munis are comparably safe to government bonds and can provide tax-free income. So now that you know what the broad bond options are, we should probably discuss how you can tell if a bond is a good investment or not. First thing to consider is that bonds are seen by most investors as the safer alternative to stock. So I would assume that one thing that should matter a lot to investors is knowing whether the issuer of the bond, whether it's corporate, government, or munis, is good for the loan. Luckily, when it comes to bonds, there are different sources such as Vanguard, S&P, and Moody's that provide you information on how safe the issuer of the bond is. They essentially provide the investor with a credit rating for either the corporation or the government, and while the rating systems can differ a bit between the different sources. Essentially, if the issuer has a triple A rating, that's as high as it gets. 
It should be noted, though, that as of 2020, only two companies currently have a AAA rating, and those are Microsoft and Johnson & Johnson. So you have very limited options when it comes to investing in bonds from relatively safe companies. That means if you want to know the credit rating of a given issuer, you can always look it up online. However, coming back to the original point, if you want to know the credit rating of a given issuer and whether or not if they have a good credit rating and if they're safe, you can just look it up online. Of course, just because a company or government currently has a good rating doesn't mean that things can't go badly and they default on payments in the future. So that covers the overall understanding the risk regarding the issuer of the bond. But how would you go about determining whether the investment in one bond is better than investing in another bond? especially given that different bonds have different coupons, different face values, and different maturity dates. Now, I'm sure that there are people who just sort of naively look at bonds and just one-to-one compare the numbers a bit by gut feeling. These two bonds are both from the U.S., and one pays a higher coupon, so we will go with that one. While that is technically one way to evaluate bonds, I wouldn't say it's the best way. For those who are a bit more mathematically inclined amongst us, you can definitely calculate the present day value of the bond using different formulas by discounting the interest and the par value of the duration of the bond. But I highly, highly doubt anyone tuned into this episode to have bond evaluations thrown into their unsuspecting ears. So you can can relax, dear listeners. I don't plan on doing that here. But I will provide some links and resources for those of you who are a bit more interested in analyzing bond yield and returns. So don't worry, you one specific person out there, I got you covered. I would in general say that whenever you are planning on making an investment, it's good to really analyze and understand the investment rather than just basing your decisions on the minimum level of information everyone has access to sort of just by looking at the bond. So just keep that in mind. Again, not really providing you with any investing advice, just, you know, do your due diligence. So with that said, why would anyone consider investing in bonds? What are the pros and cons of investing in bonds over stocks? So as we said, bonds in general tend to be perceived at least as safer investments than stocks, and they are more stable as they provide a fixed income. Again, safer because if you invest in high credit rating bond issuers, you know that the issuer has had a great track record of paying off the loan. Regarding the stability of bonds versus stocks, and especially dividend paying stocks, Bonds again tend to pay the coupons stably even when something like COVID-19 strikes. While on the other hand, in the case of dividend-paying stocks, many of them stopped paying dividends during COVID. So if you really were dependent on the money that you get from either the bonds or the dividend, then coupons from bonds are more reliable than dividends. So I would say if you're nearing retirement age and you want to set up a nice fixed income that you can safely rely on, then bonds start to become more attractive because they provide a fixed income while dividends can be stopped by a company at any point leaving you without a source of income. And unfortunately, though, that's kind of it with regard to the clear benefits of bonds over stock. Obviously, I might have missed something, but I think at least based on the information that I've read on bonds, these were sort of the clear pros that stood out for bonds. There are, however, some drawbacks as well. One such drawback has to do with the fact that as an investor, you are interested in minimizing risk and maximizing returns. And while bonds do a great job at the first, they fail pretty miserably at the second, I feel. Historically, bonds have underperformed versus stocks. This is known. However, to compensate for this, you have lower risk. And of course, I need to overgeneralize a little bit here. 
because both stocks and bonds have safer options and riskier options if you look at the S&P 500 ETF. But if you look at the S&P 500 ETF and compare it to sort of a general bond ETF, you can see that certainly in the last decade at least that bonds simply underperform. We've talked about the power of compound interest in previous episodes, and if you have a long enough time horizon, those quote-unquote small interest differences between bonds and stocks or ETFs starts to add up significantly. So, you know, at this point, listeners, you know I love some quick math. So here's a quick math example coming your way. Let's say you've invested 10,000 euros in one lump sum into bonds, and the interest was relatively good for bonds in this case at, say, 4.4% a year then in 30 years, your investment money would have more than tripled. Now, that sounds pretty good, right? But let's contrast that with a stock ETF, which has an average return of 7% a year over 30 years. Then your invested money would have almost octupled in that same time period. Now, of course, dear listeners, I've had to oversimplify and leave out many factors that may have a large impact on the performance of both bonds and stocks in this case like taxes and any other potential black swan events like COVID that send stocks plummeting. But in general, that 7% return that people sort of keep referencing for stock is also accounting for bubbles and crashes already. So it's something to keep in mind if you're considering investing in bonds versus stock. I would say even accounting for crashes and bubbles, assuming you don't go full crazy with investing in the, I don't know, like the bubble stocks, you will still outperform the bond market in general. Maybe not an octupling uh, like we calculated in our very quick example of your investment, but probably still better than your expected return from bonds. Now, tied to the lackluster performance of bonds is that the interest rate of bonds and especially government-issued bonds has been near all-time low for the last couple of years now. So basically, if you are relatively, you are a relatively young investor, anywhere between your 20s to, I don't know, even your 50s, and you plan to invest for a very long long time, you are basically deciding to stifle your wealth development by investing completely in bonds over stocks. It should be also noted that inflation is usually 2% every year. So if you have a return from for anywhere from 3 to 5% with bonds, you still need to discount the inflation rate from that, and what you are left with is your realistic return on investment. Of course, this is also true for all investments, including stock, but I think it's especially the case for bonds because their returns are the lowest because they tend to be the safest investment. It's gone so bad that the U.S. Treasury bond returns are currently below the inflation rate. So what this means is that you actually have a negative return on your bond investment once you correct for inflation. U.S. government bonds are currently still below 2% interest rate. I believe they are like 1.5% right now, give or take. So if you invest in them, what happens is that you will get an interest rate of 1.5% per year, but inflation goes up on average by 2% a year. So 1.5 minus 2, you get a negative 0.5% on your investment year over year like that. Contrast this with a stock ETF that is 7% a year. Then you have 7% minus 2% is 5% year over year, accounting for the inflation for your investment. Obviously, though, investing in bonds is still significantly better than just leaving all your money in a savings account. But again, the reason people invest is to see a good return on investment. And quite frankly, many bonds simply don't do that well, I feel. To that end, I would say bonds don't really serve as a proper wealth building investment, but more of a stable wealth preserving investment. 
Now, granted, depends on the bond because we, as we just discussed, at minus 0.5 interest, your wealth is slowly depreciating over time. Lastly, addressing the risk of bonds. If you are someone investing in bonds, but you decide to invest in what are known as junk bonds because they promise much higher returns than those mainstream government bonds, then in my very humble opinion, you are probably an idiot that doesn't understand that bonds are supposed to be a safer investment and provide a stable fixed income but you just decided to add risk to your investment anyway. Honestly, buying a junk bond to me feels like buying the safest car in the market, but then asking them to remove the brakes because then you can drive faster. If you were looking for a better investment, then just invest in stocks that have a higher return. Why do you need to add more risk to just buying junk bonds? That makes zero sense to me. So I think that about does it for the overall stock versus bond comparison. And I'm pretty sure you can tell that I'm not the biggest advocate for bond investing, at least not at this point in my investing journey. And given the low upside, at least that it seems that they have right now, I do, however, recognize that it has a place in the investment investing world. And it's potentially for people looking for a more stable sort of fixed income to finance their retirement. For me, however, it's not something I plan on doing anytime soon, though because I'm not there yet with, with my retirement. I have seen and heard many people recommend bond investing though online, mostly in the context that as an investor, you need to invest in both stock and bonds in order to meet the requirement of having a very diversified portfolio. I often find that people sort of blindly follow decades old advice on what an optimal portfolio is supposed to look like or what historically it has looked like without really understanding the numbers behind the decisions to construct a portfolio with both stocks and bonds. For example, there is this old investing rule that says you should invest 100 minus your age in stocks, and the rest of your portfolio should go to high-grade bonds. Now, there are people, particularly older people, who this method has worked very well for, but the problem with this is twofold. Just type in bond investing age on Google and go to the first link, which is from Investopedia, and there you will see they reference this investing rule, but they also mentioned that people live longer nowadays, so they have a longer time horizon to invest. This means that if you follow the rule, you would not be accounting for a longer time frame to invest and overall living longer, requiring you to have a larger nest egg. In addition, as I mentioned earlier in the cast, the returns from bonds just aren't what they used to be. So that rule was okay when the returns were a bit better, but these days the returns aren't that great. Therefore, before you go around trying to arbitrarily design an investing portfolio of stocks and bonds simply because that is what many people used to do without even questioning why, I wanted you to know everything I brought up on this podcast first before you just go do that. If you Google bond investing strategy or portfolio, you will come across so many of these charts and graphs with slightly different spreads of stocks and bonds based on your age. Many of them are quite old, with some of the newer ones being as new as 2013. So if after all of this, you are still interested in investing in bonds, I would really do a lot of research to see, like, see if it actually fits for you first. You know, if you're close to retirement, then, you know, that's a consideration that you have to make. If you're far from retirement, well, are you okay with potentially not growing your wealth as fast as you could with stock investing then? That, again, it depends also on your risk tolerance, of course. So it's really personal, but yeah, for me at my current stage, it's not something I'm really interested in. So just to sum up for this episode though, let's recap everything a little bit. Bonds are IOUs given by a company or government. They are a safer investment than stocks and provide a stable fixed income. 
when you decide to invest in a bond, you can look up all the information regarding that bond, including the price, the coupon, the maturity date, and who the bond issuer is. And you can run different analyses to determine whether the investment of a specific bond is worth it or not for you. You can also check what the credit rating is of the bond issuer to double check what their track record is. So determine at least if you feel that they are safer investment. And while bonds are safer than stocks, they also have provided lower average returns in the last couple of years. And this can add up quite substantially over over a long time horizon of investing. So you need to consider that when, when you decide to invest in bonds. In addition, bonds are maybe more interesting for some people nearing retirement age who are looking for a nice stable fixed income that they can they can count on even in the event in the event of something like covid to finance retirement however one other thing to keep in mind is bonds have lower returns but provide a fixed income nature however this may not be the most effective investing form for younger investors who are still in their wealth generation phase and not in their wealth preserving phase and lastly don't just follow the advice and rules of thumb when it comes to investing in bonds, but read up on the subject to determine if indeed bonds are right for you. So, dear listeners, that was bonds. I really tried. I tried to keep it as interesting as possible, but my God, bonds really don't excite me much, I'm afraid. But that is my personal bias and opinion, I guess, not, not financial advice at the slightest. I hope you found some value in this episode, where it be that you were considering if your portfolio needed bonds or you already have bonds but you are wondering how well they actually perform compared to stocks or what the hell bonds even are i just hope i could help you in any way with this episode now before i finish the cast i just want to provide you with some links and resources in case you wish to delve deeper into bonds yourself so here they are first off i would recommend investopedia you could just look up bonds uh, all the different types of bonds i discussed here and exactly what they are and different, you know, other bits of information, how to do analyses on different bonds as well comes up. Next off, I will recommend investornews.vanguard because again, if you remember from the cast, earlier in the cast, I mentioned Vanguard is one of those brokers that actually rate and like provide you with the credit rating of a given yeah, company or government. And they also write a lot of blogs um, on bonds and different investing topics so always interesting to give that a read and understand a little bit more what sort of professional analysts think in general about bonds and where the market is going in addition to that all these sort of general information ones uh, as promised i mentioned for the more mathematically inclined amongst us who want to actually calculate bond yields over whatever period of time you can just look up on YouTube, the YouTube channel Money Week for calculating bond yield. They provide some good and clear videos on how to calculate bond yield. So that helped me as well. And lastly, I would recommend YouTube in general. Just look up Bonds Explained, uh, anything like that. You can find quite a little bit, quite a bit of information regarding bonds if you're still a bit unsure as to what bonds actually are. Just a nice illustrative video might help quite a bit more than just a podcast. So with that said, though, I think that about does it for this this podcast. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. And I think the next episode, I will probably be focusing on something a little bit more riskier than bonds, probably very risky. And that is Bitcoin or more specifically cryptocurrencies. But I will dive deeper on Bitcoin because that is sort of the, the main one on everyone's brain, I guess, since it's the highest market cap one. And people sort of get, tend to get 
Bitcoin and cryptocurrency confused between each other. So I think I'll focus on Bitcoin next, what it is and whether or not it might actually serve as an investment tool and what can people actually expect from it. So thanks again for listening, everyone. I'll uh, talk to you uh, soon again. So yeah, before I leave, I just wanted to mention also that if you have any questions, you want to reach out or you want to have your questions uh, read on the cast, you can always contact me at noob underscore investing at hotmail.com. Uh, I also have the I also have the Noob Investors Facebook group, so you can always uh, join there, and we can I don't know meme or discuss really uh, detailed financial stuff that or what episodes uh, I should discuss further. That's always nice to do, and yeah, I'd, uh, that about does it. So thanks again for listening, and talk to you next time. Peace. <laughs>